Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now, here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you on the show today, talking some NASCAR. As always, we got Chris and Amos. Uh, let's introduce Amos first. How are you, Amos? Oh, I'm great, man. Sun's shining. We're drying out around here. Keep going. Yes, I, I, I have to go. I want you to turn on your mic first. <laughs> hey, I'm doing great, Ty. Sun's shining. We're dry. I got my mic on. You can hear me now. See, well, I'm so, going on vacation this weekend. See, if you'd oh, have had man, those headsets on, if yeah, you'd have had this, that headset on, you would have known you were talking ears. into the microphone. Yeah, we have this constant battle with Amos. He refuses to wear the headphones, but... It's okay. But um, hey, we did get the table padded enough that you can't <laughs> hear every noise. Chris, you are with us as well. And uh, as course, we're going to be looking to you today, as we have on the last few shows, to represent NASCAR, be the voice of reason, of course. Are you excited to perform the task again? I don't know how I got that task. <laughs> because you explicitly said on like... I think the race after Daytona that I'm the official spokesman for NASCAR. No, here, no, no. I so. never said that. Amos, but I'm but I'm going to tell you right now before we start, there's nothing wrong with the car. <laughs> the tires are fine. Everybody just needs to suck it up and watch the race. See nothing. I see nothing. Nothing's wrong. Okay. Yes. Listen to what I tell you, not what you see. The with emperor your eyes. has no clothes. All right. So we are going to obviously talk about Atlanta. Um, maybe you can get some feel for what we thought about it already. Uh, not super impressed. A little bit of mixed feelings at the table, I guess. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll look forward to Coda. I guess the first road course is here. Ooh, I am so and excited! That's for exciting. That. Um, then we'll talk about some other odds and ends. Um, Chris brought up some good things that we'll have him bring up again. I did. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I hope he can remember. I might have to bring him up. I guess <laughs> he should have wrote them down. Uh, then <laughs> you better remind me. <laughs> we'll look at the standings and kind of assess how they're shaping up. You know, five races, five different winners. Uh, we'll talk about all of it. All right, so uh, let's get into Atlanta right away, guys. What did we think of Atlanta when it's all said and done? We'll talk a little more about it. Um, but initial thoughts coming away from the Atlanta race, Chris, what do you what do you think? I think they should have left the track alone. All right, uh, why so? Well, let me cite the reasons. No, um, <laughs> I got a big list. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Of the increased banking, it's it's made a mile and a half super speedway, in my mind. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, if you sat there and watched that race, to me it was like watching Daytona more more Daytona than Talladega, but it was like like watching Daytona. For um, for whatever reason, though, I didn't feel the excitement with the Daytona. That like for whatever reason, just didn't. It's because it's on a mile and a half. Yeah. Mile and a halfs don't need to have twenty eight degree banking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't need to have a fifteen foot wide area in the turns you know you can't even go three well you can go three wide but got a little hairy on some situations there one guy's scraping the wall and the other one's down off the banking but okay well for what we got though out of it um what would you i mean yes i probably agree would agree i wouldn't have changed it either uh but how do you assess what we did get well if you like follow the leader racing and see that's the other thing about it that i wasn't digging Mm -hmm. is they were on the low low horsepower package they didn't have the high downforce like they use at Daytona and Talladega, but they were on the low horsepower package, and you know you really couldn't. I mean, there was no 
there was no way for the guys to get out of trouble by using the motor. You know, they got in trouble, they were in trouble because they didn't have anything left. I mean, they were driving that track at the firewall and it wasn't, there was nothing left on the cars, you know. So William Byron led pretty much a third of the race. Um, practically the whole second half of the race, it felt like he was up front. Um, there were quite a few guys that led laps and there was some shuffling. Uh, I wouldn't say though that. I don't know, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel like the two lines were working um, like they did at Daytona this year. Yeah. I, as I remember Daytona... Well, at least uh, we yeah, forget more this is brand new pavement. Yeah. And it was supposed to be super-duper pavement, but it still didn't have a good racing line. Like, two good racing lines, I guess I should say. Uh, any more thoughts before we move on to uh, Amos and see what he has to say about it? Yeah, flatten the track out and put a jump in the back stretch, and I'm on board. <laughs> Always the solution uh, for Chris. I don't know how much the manufacturers would enjoy that one. That sounds like uh, doesn't have to be a big jump. Wreckham Derby. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to it be wasn't a big a jump. Big jump at Indianapolis Road Course. That's exactly that what I was going to say. Half the field. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, that was pretty. And awesome. I loved every second of it. All right, Amos. Uh, your initial thoughts? Anything different to what Chris was saying? Um, or, or anything you'd like to add on to that? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I did like the original track and the original style of racing at Atlanta. I mean, obviously, they're not going to change it back to what it was before. So we're just going to have to deal with, with the way it is now. I didn't mind the racing. It just was weird to see, as Chris and you have mentioned, on a mile-and-a-half track, I would like to see maybe some rule adjustments some something that makes the pat the the ability to pass maybe you know spice up the racing a little bit more it yeah. just was <clears throat> but i've said this before in a lot of tracks i mean when you're out front you're out front you're the leader it's hard to pass the leader william byron was pretty much the only person all day long that could put his car at the bottom of the track make it stick and pass the leader who was always in the high line and byron stayed in the low line and made it work so obviously he had a strong car but uh for what atlanta was going for with the style of track they reconfigured they they got what they wanted i'd, and, yeah, I'd say huh but i think there can be some tweaks some adjustments maybe to spice up the racing a little bit you know we watched the whole race we're nascar junkies we're gonna watch it again so I, it wasn't I my, it wasn't the most exciting race yeah I wish they would have just left the track the way it was. I feel like that's better racing than than the new configuration. But mm -hmm. you know they'll they'll figure out a way to make it better racing. Hopefully, so I mean it yeah. wasn't horrible. I mean I'll admit I didn't watch the whole race um, for whatever reason. So what? we <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched some of the Xfinity race the day before, and I was just like, yeah. And so I wasn't super interested, I guess, in in the Cup race. And I did watch majority of it i'd say but not large like i didn't watch large amounts of the first of it to be honest um so i don't know I, I i feel a little torn about the whole thing it was atlanta was a good track it was a fast track it was a fun track to watch so maybe the change come with the wrong track i don't i don't know if that could have been some of the problem maybe we all just liked atlanta and or a lot of people liked atlanta and then changing it it's kind of like well why'd you change this one there's like other maybe more boring tracks you could have changed right. uh, for this experiment. But, I mean, for what NASCAR was going for, like Amos said, I think it accomplished the goal. 
some talk about maybe this is what needs to happen on some other mile and a half tracks. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, Chris, you say no. Um, <laughs> no. Do you think that it will, though? I mean, what's your feelings on this? I, I listened to a lot of different media on Monday after the race. Yeah. And I, I watched several YouTube interviews of various different drivers. And <clears throat> Kyle Busch had, you know, broadcast gold again. About the yes. Atlanta track, and I tell you what, dude, his in car. Oh, I, anyway, <laughs> you know, oh, man, uh, Ross Chastain said it. I think pretty well, and I, I agree with everything Ross Chastain said. He said, "Look, you know, it was an interesting track. It was a change of pace for a mile and a half, but let's don't do it all the rest of them. This is why, and he said this. This is why we got rid of Kentucky. You know why we don't race at Kentucky anymore on the on the, you know." Well, program. there could be some truth to that, but also, Kentucky did kind of get pushed off the track, off the schedule with some other tracks. But yeah, yeah. I, I, there is right. some truth to it. But um, it was tw- it was straight twenty four degree banking, right? There was no progressive banking at Kentucky, and it was a lot of follow the leader. Yeah, right. Yeah, so exactly. That, and that's what we and had. it was a boring damn race. Yeah, you know. I don't know if the drivers themselves like this type of racing a lot. Like Daytona is different, okay? It's right. it's, it's Daytona. Daytona. There's a whole different attitude around that track. It's it's a special race. Talladega is what it is too. So when you get all these drivers on this mile and a half, uh, yeah, mile and a half track, and you turn it into a different configuration, they bunch up. I just don't think they're used to it. So I don't know if they feel super comfortable with it. Well, so I listened to. Uh Dell Jr. broadcast on Dirty Mo Media, mm-hmm. and he was interviewing Austin Sendrick, and Austin Sendrick did a lot of testing on Atlanta uh, prior to the race. And Austin Sendrick said a couple of things that, that I think showed up in the race. He said, one thing is you get coming into turn one, you know, and you're packing, you're, you're going over 200 miles an hour, and he says, that entry into turn one looks like it's a little tiny tunnel when you're coming down this <laughs> And and the other thing that Ostrich Sendrick said, he says, when you hit the wall gun at those kind of speeds, doesn't matter if you're on a two-and-a-half-mile track or a mile-and-a-half track, it hurts. Yeah. And I think that's kind of playing into a lot of these drivers' attitudes is, is I don't want to hit the wall going this fast. Well, and we saw a couple hard crashes, uh, especially towards the end. I mean, yeah, there is a safety element to it too, right? You right. add speed. You have a more narrow track than Daytona. You can't go below the white line, right. as as right. we saw. Well, red, what was it? Red, white, and blue line, whatever. Well, can't go below that line either way. Uh, we saw Christopher Bell get punished for that. There is a little bit of a nerviness to it that maybe doesn't need to be there. Um, so, no, you don't think this will happen to more tracks, Chris? Is this well, I sure hope driver not. push for that? I don't think the drivers will push to change him. The thing is, is mm-hmm. this track was designed like a video game. And and I knew that going into it, so that might have tainted my watching mind. Yeah. But there were times when I was watching those cars go around that track, and it was just like watching a video game to me. It was, I don't know, it was tough to watch. I just felt like it was... Um, was it, it was artificial in yeah. some ways. Yeah, exactly. If it, it just did. It felt a little artificial, uh, forced, if you will. So the, the other thing yeah. that Austin Sendrick brought out, and I agree with him, and you know, I'm this kind of a guy, but he said if we were racing the high horsepower package on this track, mm. it it probably would make for a much more competitive race. So 
I mean, you know, for what it's yeah, worth. I'm sure, sure, but how fast would they be going high horsepower, no restrictor plate on 28 degree banking? I mean, they were doing 180. 340 miles an hour. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they'd be going a lot faster, <laughs> but at least they could they could pass and they could maneuver and right. Well, but but that, this but, adds a but whole other element. Is why yeah. they brought in the restrictor yeah. plate, right? But so, they, I don't. I don't know that they knew that they were going to see this high that highest speeds on this track till the race actually happened. Because the reality is, is the practice laps and and the test laps and all that kind of crap. During the race, they were actually clocking faster laps than any of that had had clocked on that track with single cars. Well, but is that surprising though? I mean, I mean you're I in the know. pack. These so. tracks aren't supposed to be aero dependent. These cars aren't supposed to be aero dependent. Sure, and we can NASCAR can say that, and we can think that, but I don't think that that's the case because what. There is aerodynamics regardless, right? Yeah, and so. when they get in the draft, yeah, all kinds of things can happen. And that's yeah. what was happening at Atlanta. I don't know. I think whether there's a push or not, um, I'm not super interested in it personally. No. Uh, I'm not mad if this – If I mean, obviously, they're not going to change this track for, for what it is now. Um, and that won't bother me a lot. It will be something a little different, something new for us to kind of look at. Uh, twice a season, I guess, if they keep it on the on the schedule twice a year. But I don't see a big desire, especially amongst the fans that I've seen uh, in social media, to uh, continue the these types of tracks. Uh, Amos, you want to add anything more here? Yeah, I, I think part of the reason the allure for Talladega and Daytona, <clears throat> excuse me, is because the style of racing that it that is that. Daytona and Talladega. I understand that they want to break up the, I guess you could say the monotony, the cookie cutters of the mile and a half. So I, I get all that, but I don't think making more super speedways is the way to go. I mean, mm -hmm. we have two tracks that are two mile tracks in Michigan, California. They're the same style of racing. That's plenty. Talladega, Daytona, two super speedways. That's plenty. If you want to change the tracks, get away from the mile-and-a-half tracks to a mile track. Bring in, go to three-quarter mile tracks. Like, bring in more short-style racing, short-track mm -hmm. racing. But to make a super speedway like they did at Atlanta, I understand the thought process because everybody loves Talladega, everybody loves Daytona, but... I, I just I'm not I don't want to see more of it, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Too much of a good thing can still be too much. So No, I, I think you know, if you're gonna race six, seven, eight, nine, ten races of that style of racing, then it loses its allure. And then nobody I mean, that is why the mile and a half cookie cutter tracks are so to a you know, less interesting to most NASCAR fans. But Sure, but they still have their own, you know, cool things within right. them. Like Vegas, um, I like the track style. I like right. how the race happens. It's a fun track for me personally. Right, and I—I uh, I mean, I'm so not yeah. dogging on the mile and a half. So all I'm saying is, each track serves a purpose on the NASCAR circuit. So let's yeah. keep each track for its purpose. Let's not try and make as Chris, you know, Chris alluded to this. We don't need to make every track the same because that's why it's fun to go well, to these and, different tracks. And even the mile and halfs themselves are different in some form, right? Sure. And we talk about this sometimes when we look at the tracks and what tracks are kind of similar. You know, Phoenix isn't the same as Vegas. Vegas isn't the same as California. So right. there's, there's lots of... That's why they're interesting yeah, tracks, yeah. right? I mean, so. and, and if that's if you're not super into that aspect and you want to 
you know, more excitement and stuff, then yeah, you are going to watch the more exciting races. Well, the other. I mean, p- we have seen a little. Sorry, Chris. We have seen a little diversity in the scheduling with the emphasis to add road courses. Well, so NASCAR's looking for something to mix short it up, tracks right? Short tracks, track. we got a dirt race, right? So maybe I though mean, we got a coliseum <laughs> race. But maybe the thing with just the, trying to diversify it too much is just going to be overdoing it. You the know? the thing about Atlanta too is is and I think this is what had a lot of drivers kind of twisted up. They didn't consult any drivers when they redesigned this track and came up with this brilliant idea. They basically froze the drivers out of any input. Yeah. And and talk to a bunch of e-gamers, you know, about how to design the track. And, okay, I get it. We're trying to appeal to a younger generation, and they love video games and all this kind of stuff. But this this track, in real life, didn't come up to the standard of a video game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but we talked about that on the last show, right? Uh, you made the comment. Yeah. You know, this, this track uh, was tested with the... The E series and everything, and everyone, all the E drivers were like, "Oh, this is great!" But you know, video games isn't reality, so things happen. Uh, okay, let's move on to another negative that we continue to see, and it's it's obviously needs some help, needs some work. Um, tires, another big problem. Uh, lots of tires going down throughout the race. Um, product of the track being new, or once again. Problem with tires, Amos. What do you what do you lean towards? Um, you did mention, I think, off air that Goodyear's aware of the tire situation in Atlanta. They're looking into it. I, I did. I haven't read the article. Okay, so my opinion, strictly my opinion, no bearing on anything that NASCAR's going to ever do if they would even listen to the show. Um, <laughs> yes, tires have been an issue for every track, pretty much. I think at this track, at Atlanta, particular. Chevy was having most of the issues mm-hmm. with uh, blown tires. It didn't appear that there were tire, there were issues with tire wear. I think from what I could gather from the telecast is, and what NASCAR's engineers and what Goodyear engineers were saying is, Chevy was running a, their air pressures, which Chris has alluded to this in previous shows. The air pressures were causing the issues with the Chevys. And I think that's the biggest manufacturers that had more issues at Atlanta. So I think you could say, yes, Atlanta was maybe a more isolated incident from the other tracks, but the other tracks, the previous tracks, have still had tire issues. So I don't think they can just say, well, it was Chevy and the way they had their air pressure, let's move on to Coda and we'll, there's no problem. There still is got to, There still is an issue. Whether it's how the teams are running the tire pressures, whether it's the new car, the tire Goodyear brings, possibly all the above, I think it's still going to be there. It's still something that we're going to have to deal with through the year. But I think it's probably an understandable issue to some degree based on the fact that it's a new car. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, and new you know, tire, new everything. So, yeah. I would like to see more data going forward as we get into some different tracks, some short tracks. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Bristol will be interesting. we got a road course coming up this weekend, so yeah. I'd like is... to see how them tires react in that manner. But the, I bet short answer, yes, I feel like there's still some type of an issue. And we've talked about it a little bit already, um, and I think we'll keep reiterating this. But as more data is gathered on the tires, things you'd have to think will improve. I mean... 
They can't not improve. Eventually, they'll figure it out. Uh, but it is kind of hard to watch because you had a lot of cars go out in accidents. Uh, 37 cars in the race. 25 of them finished the race on track. Hmm. Um, so, you know, that's that's 12, 13 cars, whatever, that um, went out predominantly due to accident. Only Todd Gillen was the, was the only one that didn't go out due to accident. So the tires caused some of their wrecks. The drivers caused a few of their wrecks. <laughs> um, and it just kind of takes away from the race itself when you have, well, let's count them, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Kyle Busch, Sindrick, Larson, Hamlin, Reddick. Those are all major drivers that got wrecked out of that race. I mean, you know, I don't think that's what NASCAR wants to see. I mean, that's some of your top guys, definitely a few of your contenders from race to race, not even being able to finish. So, yeah, uh, do you want to add anything here, Chris, or is the tired situation just something we'll continue to talk about and there's only so much we can say? For whatever reason... And I'm not an engineer, so I don't know. But this tire is not working good on the ovals. I'm curious to see what happens this week at Coda. Because mm. this tire, in my mind, is probably much more adept uh, for use on a road course and that sort of thing where they're changing load pressures and sidewall loading and stuff like that. So I'm yeah. curious to see how it performs this week. Mm-hmm. But this... Uh, I don't know if it's a chicken and an egg situation, but this car, it doesn't have any yaw tolerance. I mean, if it gets out of shape, it, it's out. It's gone. Yeah. Where the old cars, if they got out of shape, they could gather them back up and usually get them straightened out. Man, this mm-hmm. car, if it gets out of yaw, it's just gone. Yeah, and they talked about that on the broadcast. I think it phoenix or vegas um the guys would just have to pull out of everything to try and save the car because yeah it wasn't giving them a lot of forgiveness uh i know there there's problems there's still things being developed uh it's going to take a little bit of time but yeah we hope the tire situation continues not to be one but it kind of is so okay uh let's talk about some of the results of the race is there anything specifically during the race you guys want to mention though um i think we kind of summed up our feelings on the race, and I think that could kind of be the summary of the race. Um, it was two-by-two two racing. One guy got in front, would lead, minimal passing at times. The bottom line really struggled to get going, so it kind of made it not as competitive. You know, that guy out front would really be out front, um, and we saw it with Byron leading so many laps. So do you guys want to say anything more about individual events in the race, anything uh, we went over the tires, you know. Is, is there much more to talk about with Atlanta? I mean, this was another example of, of goers and comers. You know, there were some guys that we haven't seen running in the top 10 this year that, that made their way into the top 10. Mm-hmm. And I got to hand it to Ross Chastain because he had a right rear tire go down. Uh, I think he touched the wall, as I recall. And they got the car into the pits, and they did repairs on it, and he come back and he finished second. Yeah. Uh, now, that might be attributable to the fact that a lot of people got taken out. but No, no, he was right there. I you mean, know, he, he still yeah. did well, and his teammate, Kurt Busch, finished third. So, can, No, his team, that's not his, they're not teammates anymore, remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot. <laughs> My bad. Still adjusting. Cut huh? that one out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cut that one out. Okay, but, well. But so, the point is, guys, mm-hmm. you know, Daniel Suarez, he, he's, he is Ross Chastain's teammate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he he was a fourth place finisher. 
I mean, there were guys, Corey LaJoy, all-time best finish at fifth. And he he had an incident on track. Yeah, I don't know how he ended I don't even know so, how he ended up up there. I, I, I thought he was out of the race, honestly. Strange. Well, um, the way that car went through the infield, I did too. Okay, so Chris is on to some of the results here, um, which, you know, that's where we were going. Uh, Amos, any other results? Great pre- prelude to the next <laughs> yeah. segment. Um, so we're going to talk about Byron a little more. Um, anyone else finish surprisingly? Uh, we did talk about some of the guys that got taken out in wrecks. Uh, obviously, Christopher Bell did technically finish second, but had to go back to 23rd because of the rule violation. Uh, anyone else you'd like what to point out, What was his rule violation? Eh? So on he the, went below the yellow line. Yeah. Oh, on the yeah, new yeah, track, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't and go it, below and that line. So. Position. Got it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no surprise that William Byron placed finished first. I mean, Hendrick has a strong super speedway program. He's a pretty good racer. So I was, I mean, he had a strong car. I wasn't surprised that he won. Mm. I'm surprised it's taken him this long to get a win on a super speedway. Um, it's pretty refreshing. I mean, Chris Buescher, he had another top 10 finish. He's doing, I mean, that team, he's racing better than his boss. So the 17's doing pretty well. No, I don't, I, yeah, Corey LaJoy, he, I think it's just, may be a product of the new car maybe i'm coming around to the fact there is a little more even competition but it's it is also super speedway racing so you have a little bit of good strategy at the end a pit stop falls your way and you can you're going to run inside the top 10 so i don't think there's really anybody that stands out to me that on how they finish the race uh you still had your big teams big drivers finishing well within the top 10 and then a few scattered individuals after. So no, I'm not, I'm not overly surprised. I mean, William Byron won the race and Hendrick is like I said, they have always had a good super speedway program. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, let's talk about Byron a little more. Um, really kind of a rough start to the season. Uh, 38th, 34th, 5th, 18th, first gets his first win. Uh, even stemming back to the end of last season when he really struggled um, he looked like one of the favorites potentially. And I think we even talked about him as being one of those four guys that could make the final four and, uh, potentially contend for that championship. And then his, his playoffs just got absolutely destroyed. Um, so what, what's this, what, or if do you think this, uh, win will do for his confidence, Chris, will it do anything or it's, it's got a, Make his confidence. I mean, it's got to increase his ability to get out and race by, you know, leaps and bounds. You know, you you went over his finishes, and I think some of those finishes were not all his doing. In other words, he had some help ending up, ending up where he ended up at. Fair enough. But yeah. He did get wrecked in Daytona. The so. thing that it comes back to my mind is, is that, you know, you go down through the top ten, and Hendrick had, you know, three of the four cars in the top ten. And so, once again, they brought good equipment to the to the track, and and I'm starting to get a whole new um, appreciation for Chad Canals. I mean, they put him in charge of competition. Man, I didn't think I'd hear that sentence. Well, I know I didn't think I'd agree with ever agree with Chris on that <laughs> sentence. Well, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I the guy's a freaking genius, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is you see him down there in the pit snooping around with the tires and that. And so, uh, like when they had all those Chevys going out with low low right rear tires, he, he was right on that. He was like, yeah, you know, down there eyeballing tire wear and tire pressures and stuff like mm. that. So, I mean, 
Hendrick Motorsports, right now, they might have a combination that potentially could be unbeatable for a, a couple of years to come because they've got Jeff Gordon running the show now. Mm-hmm. And and they've got, you know, Chad Knauss, uh president of competition or whatever his title is. but And he's hands-on, man. He's down there in all the pits looking at everything. and Yeah. And you can see it. The cars are improving. I mean, it's a, I think it's a good win for, for Byron. So yeah. do we expect more, Chris? Do you expect oh, I, more? I could totally see him winning two or three more this year. Or you could see him just wrecking all the time. I mean, yeah. there's just. I mean, it's, <laughs> it could go either way. It could, yeah. With you know, the with do the, I think he's going to get on a Kyle Larson binge? No. Yeah. Okay. But I think the reason for that is is because the air's getting too thin up there at the top. Mm. There's too many guys that can go on one of them tirades and and win multiple races. All right, uh, let's talk about a few other guys here. Denny Hamlin finishes 29th, gets wrecked out. Another. Not good result for him. Um, 37th, 15th, 32nd, 13th, 29th. So his highest finish currently is 13th. He has not been able to um, score top 10. He really has raced poorly. Um, So to you here, Amos, we find Denny Hamlin clear down here in the standings below Ty Dillon, in fact, um, which is a little surprising. He technically sits in 26th. Once again, I think we might keep bringing this up, and we love to because it's Denny Hamlin. Uh, worried, are we? Or should he be? I mean, I know we're not worried because it's funny, but should he be worried? Well, I think Larry Mack put it best on the telecast. I think it was during Vegas. It's sure a lot easier to keep digging the hole that you're in than to climb out of the hole you've created. So yeah. is he worried at this point? No, I don't think Denny Hamlin's worried. Uh, is Toyota worried? Yes, I think as a manufacturer, they should be a little nervous. The thing about Denny Hamlin is he's a proven race winner. He's a veteran. It only takes one race win, and I think no matter what everybody says and what they talked about in the pre-race of this race, I don't think we're going to have 16 different winners there's going to be a couple guys that are going to get in on points. Mm-hmm. So I still think it's if you win, you're in. And it's only going to take one win for Hamlin to be in the race or the chase. And then it's only going to take one win for him and his team to start getting things rolling and, and continue in a nice upward trajectory. So I think they're concerned. I think there's reason to be concerned for the team, for the manufacturer. Are they worried? I don't think they're pushing the eject button just yet. You know, let's let's see where his race team is and Toyota as an organization or as a manufacturer and JGR as an organization. Let's see, like, the all-star break, where they're at, mm-hmm. and then will it turn from concern to worry? We'll talk about that then is my prediction. But, I mean, yeah, yeah I think they're concerned. Sure, they last year started like a great ball of fire. They had top five, top tens. They were laying the points for half the year. And Denny Hamlin's a proven race winner. And some tracks he normally runs well on, he hasn't done very good. So, yeah, he, he should be concerned. There should be a sense of urgency within the team, within the organization, within the manufacturer to get the ship righted. So, but... I, I feel like, even though I predicted he's going to miss the chase, um, <laughs> it's more of a joke 
running mm. joke amongst our show than mm. anything. But could not be this time. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But, you know, like I so said, let's see where they are at the All-Star break, yeah. Memorial Weekend, right? But um, Well, he wasn't in a good spot that time last year. So Well, he was. He had still finished within the top ten a lot. He didn't yeah. have a race win, but it was leading the points last year. Okay, so I you take it back. I mean? He was in a much better position, actually. Well, yeah. Huh? I, mm. Well, I, all I'm saying he, is... Yeah, he was contending <clears throat> in races. Yeah, right? I mean, all I'm saying is he's a veteran. He's on a, a good team. They're a good organization, obviously top tier. Toyota's put sunk a lot of money into NASCAR and into their program. So if we get the all-star race and he's still finishing 20th or above, yeah, they should be worried. But, you know, let's let's see how things go. Kyle Busch alluded in a pre-race interview they got some stuff in the works that they're trying to implement and test and figure out, you know, whatever, mm, however sure. that goes. <laughs> um, so... Let's see how the organization, the team, the manufacturers look and say May, and then we can push the eject button. Okay, just a few more things in the results. Logano finds another top 10 and slowly just plugging away. Slowly, slowly. Uh, him and Elliot, technically, if you take away the winners, uh, sit one and two in the standings, and neither of them won a race, so it's only going to take a little bit for them, and they'll both break in. Uh, also worth noting, three guys that raced really well, and then by either their own fault or the person's fault that was also their fault, <laughs> Bubba Wallace, Chase Briscoe, and Ryan Blaney finished 13th, 15th, and 17th. But they were all in the top six on the last restart. So, you know, it, well, that's it, sometimes that's how it crumbles. Restrictor plate racing, Honestly, right? for Blaney, that's how it goes, like, all the time, I feel like. So. Seems like. I saw a lot of uh, funny people on social media saying i hate being a ryan blaney fan and uh i think there's a lot of truth to it (laughs) (laughs) it's you don't hate it it's just it's hard it's heartbreaking (laughs) and disappointing yeah i mean there's a lot of reasons to be a ryan blaney fan and but you know if you're looking for race wins that's not one of them i want to root for the kids so bad you know i do but man i just i know every race He's gonna end up. Something's gonna Something. happen. Something's Him gonna and happen. Tyler Reddick, right? They yeah, got great Reddick, cars. Yeah. They're winning stages. They're getting stage points. They're up front. They're leading laps. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the race, you're looking for them in the finish order, and they're fifteenth, twentieth, you know, somewhere yeah. in there. It's yeah. like, what the hell, guys? Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, um, let's uh, look at our standings real quick, and then uh, we'll finish up Atlanta, and we'll move on here. Uh, okay, so Chase Briscoe, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Larson, and Cindric all got clinched spots. They are in the chase. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, They're in. One and you win one, you're in. Let's most likely, most that. likely in. Okay. Um, behind them sit making up the rest of the sixteen: Elliot Logano, Blaney, Kurt Busch, Amarola, Trix Jr., Chastain, Kyle Busch, Suarez, Harvick, and Reddick. So that's how your top 16 is looking if it started today. We'll continue to let the standings develop before we dive too deep into them. But I will say it's it's kind of cool to see Trackhouse with Chastain and Suarez both currently sitting in the playoffs. Yeah, that's cool. Um, something none of the other mid-major teams are doing. You know, you got Kurt Busch, 23XI in there. You got Tyler Reddick in there for RCR. Um, so Trackhouse might actually be looking like the best... You know, second-tier team. Very interesting. Um, okay, let's recap our picks, shall we? How do we think we did? Hey, before we do that, let's yeah. throw that question out to you, too. Mm-hmm. 
you you know where I stand on the race. You win, you're in. Mm-hmm. Your guys' thoughts? Yeah. So um, I was we were gonna get to it, but yeah, let's okay, bring it up. Well, we can no, we can no. Wait. Let's bring it up. You brought it up. Um, so yes, we're five races in. We've had five winners. We got to what eight or nine last year? I think so. Somewhere was... in that range. Um, it was a pretty remarkable number. Now look, we talked that we thought that a driver would win two of the three West Coast swings. That didn't happen. I don't know if we really talked about it on the show last week, but now someone different has also won Atlanta. So, yeah, I think the question remains, how long until we see a repeat winner? Uh, Amos poses the question, and as I look further down, I I don't know. Um, Maybe Martinsville now, but for me, I'm not sure because... Coda's Coda's different than all these other tracks, and I think there's a clear favorite for the winner there, and he hasn't won yet. Um, Richmond, I I think I know who I would like to go with, and he hasn't won yet, and he's really struggled. So I don't think there. Martinsville, yeah, that could be, but that's kind of a wild card too because Martinsville and Bristol Dirt's kind of a wild card. Obviously, Talladega is a wild card. Dover. There, you could see a repeat winner for sure. Um, Chris, what do you think? Honestly, <laughs> I, w- I will say Martinsville, but won't be surprised if we don't see a different race winner until May. But uh, what, do you, what do you see here? Uh, you know, I, I think you could get to talent. Well, yeah, I think you could get as far as Dover before you see a repeat winner. Hmm. And that I mean, now. That would surprise you, Amos? Is that what I'm gathering? Or... Because I know you don't think that there's going to be more than 16 different winners, even though that's, you know, developing in the works a little bit again. So, Amos, or Chris, you said maybe till May, too. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at uh, Dover as the 11th race, points-paying race. Mm -hmm. We've already, obviously, run five. So that gives us one, two, three, six races. Six races. From now to Dover. Now to Dover. Yes. We have a... Road course, short track, short track, dirt track, super speedway, and then obviously a mile with Dover. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with Ty on Martinsville. I think we could definitely see a repeat winner in Martinsville. Honestly, yes, we Chase Elliott's the odds-on favorite for Coda. Sure, he's he is that way at every road course, but uh, Kyle Larson runs well at road courses, so mm. we could see a repeat yep, yep. winner as early as this week. Bristol Dirt, I don't know. I'm I didn't watch it. Not impressed. Could care it's less that it's such really a wild card. Um, it is. I mean, I mean Logano won last year, but but yeah, but look at how screwed up that whole weekend was. <laughs> no, it would, Hopefully it the was. weather is better for yeah. that. Did track. they do it that on Tuesday or, or was it Monday? It was Monday, right? Uh, yeah, it was Monday. Okay. Yeah, hopefully the weather is. But better. I mean, it was just that whole weekend was just a disaster. I mean, the True. speedway flooded for heaven's sakes. Yeah. They had of, cars in the parking lot that they couldn't get out cuz they were underwater. <laughs> <laughs> so, know? the fi- so, the final verdict is so early my as this opinion, week, maybe. My opinion is there are four of the next six tracks if we're going to say to Dover that we could see a repeat winner. That's my opinion. Mm. I I just don't the the more we run on these tracks, the more diverse the track gets. I think it's going to be harder for the second tier and down teams to really get that them data points and hit a setup. Mm-hmm. We've been to tracks that are kind of NASCAR's 
more predominant track, mile and a half, two mile. You know, that's kind of their bread and butter size tracks, right? <laughs> Quote unquote. Yeah. So I think once we get into a road course, short tracks, another super speedway, and Dover's own little beast with high banks, concrete. I think that's when the repeat winners, the bigger teams, are going to start to come back. My opinion, I I really don't think we're going to see 16 race winners. I would be shocked. But we could see 11 for 11. I mean... first, Well, yeah, sure. But I I mean, we could. But I I think, honestly, if we're putting Dover as the... Because that's the first of May, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, and it it's is. the next six races. The next six races are good samples of diversity of tracks. So, I think it's a great deadline. But I think we see a repeat winner for sure by Dover. But there's four of the next six tracks, in my opinion, we could see a repeat winner. All right, uh, Chris. Quickly, your thoughts on the: Will you need more than just a win to get into the playoffs? Will there be more than sixteen different winners? Amos says no. What do you say? I say 12 maximum. 12 max. Yeah. I think it's usually around 12, yeah, like right? That's, that's kind of the right? average. So. I, I don't think we're going to break out of the average. I don't think this car is going to make the difference on that. And and I think the longer we go into the season, these guys are going to get a better handle on the car, and mm-hmm. then they're going to start doing you Well, know. I mean, let's just say there's 26 regular season races. Um, maybe each driver wins two races. I mean, I don't know how many – huge wins you know i don't know how many drivers will win more than a handful of races to be dead honest um just based on what we've seen maybe i could be wrong someone could go on a tear through the summer the way i'm looking at it these next six races you couldn't get six more different tracks yeah in a lot of ways you know and so that's why i'm willing to give them six before we have a repeat but i mean i'm looking at this schedule and i'm thinking well you know last year's champion could be a winner at any one of these tracks. Yeah. Well, you know, you just hit the mid-season stretch, right? And yeah. it's just there's so many tracks throughout the mid-season. They just line up so nice for someone like Kyle Larson to win. I mean, yeah, and it's kind and, he, and of he's what already he did got one year, win under right? his belt. So yeah. I mean, it's I could see him being a repeat winner mm-hmm. at any one of the next six tracks. Well, and what he did last season was, I mean, he went on a tear in the yeah. middle of the season, and yeah. then he. Well, he ended kind of in a lull, and then he ripped up the playoffs. So yeah, he went on a tear, and Hendrick Motorsports in general yeah, went on a yeah, tear. Yeah. Like, I mean, and we've seen it. We've seen it for the last five weeks, in my opinion. The there's a couple of tier two teams that are running real well that are that are on the cusp. Sure, that might break up our race. You get a race when you're in, but your upper teams are running good. They're finishing in the top five. They've they have race winners thus far. So like Chris said, once we get through, there's two tracks that'll be repeat before we get to, before we come back to Daytona as the regular season ending with Richmond and Atlanta. We got a bunch of road courses in there. I, I agree with Chris. When these bigger teams get dialed in and we get more comfortable in the car, it's going to be hard to see a lot well, of I mean, new winners. We have to expect that JGR is going to come alive at some point. I well, mean, and I know Kevin Harvick has struggled, but I just can't shake the feeling that he won't win a race or two. I mean, right. I just, he's got it. So when all these guys come alive, we see the dominance of Hendrick and Stuart Haas looking better this season. 
Uh, JGR can't be on the on the bottom of this pile for for too long. There's just there's just gonna be less room for these middle of the pack drivers, right? And yeah, oh, the car's different. The car's different. Well, <laughs> might maybe, but if we, when we look at the standings, it's still majority uh, of it is dominated by the top teams. I mean, it's just kind of how it is at the end of the day. Nothing wrong with it. Um, I, I mean, yeah. the thing of it is, is I look at Kyle Busch, for instance. Mm-hmm. He's not that far off from having a win. Sure. You know, I mean, no, I mean, he's it's, not. But... It's just been kind of dumb luck that he hasn't gotten a win or gotten really good finishes. And, well, yes, he should have won Vegas, and I know Chris is very mad about it. Quote unquote, should. Um, well, but he, the racing does fall that way. But it's not always going to be like that, right? No, he's going to win a race. It, it's yeah. going to turn around. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, if you look at that Atlanta race, he was racing really good mm-hmm. till who was it? He spun out. He, I mean, he flat put the bumper to somebody in front of him, and he ended up taking himself out. Well, but know. his struggles are different than Hamlin's struggles, right? Like Hamlin Hamlin's is just crappy. Yeah, I mean, that's just, all there is to he's it. He's not had any success. Yeah. Bush has had he's, success. He's, he's not been qualifying leading. well. Yeah. He's not racing well. Mm-hmm. His strategy has not been th- well thought out. And he's getting gathered up in a lot of crap, which happens when you're running mid to end of the pack. Well, Eric I mean, Amarola last year, right? Yeah. I mean, like this, yeah. the Danny Hamlin season thus far is shaping up to be Eric Amarola. He's going to get a win at a track he runs well at. He's going to hit the round of 16 and get bounced because he has no consistency through yeah. the season. Well, too early to really say for sure. I know that's what we all do desire, though. Um, <laughs> but look, in reality, the the best running Toyota is Kurt Busch. And wow. not to be, like, in all honesty, the JGR cars are all better. And frankly... Wallace gets more attention and more publicity, so you would imagine he would be above him too. The guy that gets the least amount of attention for Toyota, arguably, is uh, performing the most consistent. <laughs> so it, it's just kind of where Toyota's at right now. But we well, can't expect him to be down there. They're going to come alive. But does it surprise you about Kurt Busch? I mean, the guy is... I mean, he, yeah, a little. He's, a little. He's, what do you... Uh, he's a veteran. Yeah, I mean, he's old. That's what he wants to say. <laughs> no, it's not that. I'm trying to come up with the. He's a journeyman. He's a journeyman NASCAR mm. race car driver. I don't know if I'd say he's a journeyman. That's that's kind of rude in some ways. Well, no, it's not. Your dad's a journeyman electrician. Well, yeah. Anyways, okay, we can't get stuck on this. Um, no. Well, we can. But. They will come alive at some point. But yeah, I mean, look, Kurt Busch, third, fifth, thirteenth, eighth, nineteenth. Hasn't finished outside the top twenty. He's had real. Really, four good races in a row. So, okay. Um, let's move on. Let's recap our picks here. Mm. I was trying to avoid recapping our picks. <laughs> you can't tell. I was too. Kinda. All right. We picked race winner, pole sitter, and winner of one of the stages. Um, furthest off was me with Austin Dillon for the winner. Got wrecked. Amos, you had Blaney in 17th. Far off uh-huh. as well. And uh, Chase Elliott for Chris, who finished sixth. So, good our job, pi- Chris, <laughs> good pick. You, 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 you. Our <laughs> picks were a little lacking this year or this this race again. Unfortunately, I don't know why I picked Chase Elliott other than it was his home track. Yeah, well, he it worked for good. you though. Um, yeah. Well, all right. Technically, I ain't do it this week. <laughs> but no, maybe I should actually. No qualifying, so. Sorry, we're not going to count anything. Because if oh. we did, I would take the points. But well, is you it really have fair? The point. That's not your. That's no. not your. Yeah, I think it's okay. The, the weather 
cancel qualifying. No, it's all right. I mean, I know that if I had got the right pick and weather canceled, <laughs> I would be crying for the points. So. Well, I know you would, but you're losing pretty hard. So. <laughs> can I? Okay, as the representative of NASCAR, uh-huh. here, can I be the arbitrator? Probably not, but say what's on your mind. You're done. You don't get any points. <laughs> wow. This is like the third time this year he's gone against me. Uh, wow. Okay. It's because he's in the lead and he wants to keep it that way. Um, <laughs> let's go to um, who wins stages. So I picked Ryan Blaney's stage winner. You guys had Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. I did get it right on stage yeah, two. Ryan Blaney won a wow. stage. Uh, Larson didn't do too well in the stages. Did Busch even make it out of stage one? Larson got ninth in stage one. I don't see Kurt Busch's name on the stages here. Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. I don't see I don't see either of them. So I mean, Amos, well, no, Ryan Blaney um, won a stage. A tough pick. No, yeah, yeah Blaney. Blaney won. Yeah, a but stage, I don't think right? Kyle Busch even made it out of a, out of stage <laughs> one. I think he was wrecked out by the end of stage one. I All right, so. our points come to eight for me in the lead. Chris, you're in second with six, and Amos bringing up the rear with four. Mm. Real reversal around I keep here. Keep digging huh? that hole, don't I? Yeah, you are. Um, it's all right. I have confidence. Second straight week without scoring a point, Amos. So got to turn things around. I've been dominating the last few weeks. Three points from six possible. So feeling pretty good. Okay. Before I always forget this, um, driver of the day, guys, for last week. Uh, no. I I mean, I'll start. I, I feel like this one's pretty straightforward for me. It's, um, it's William Byron. He had the best um, car. I guess, arguably, and led the most laps and got the win. So, yeah, no way to, else to put it. We didn't even do it last last week. Man, look at us go. We'll have to figure that out later. So uh, I'll go with Byron. We Chris? Did it, we did it last week. You just didn't write it down. I didn't write it down? Oh, crap. Okay. Well, it's hard to argue with you because he was the race winner. Mm-hmm. But as a driver of a new team – and the consistency that he has had over the last four races, really. I'm yeah. going to go with Ross Chastain. Chastain, okay. And Amos? I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Whoa, we got some diverse picks today. Well, I, well, I thought of that one too, though, Amos. I he, think your point's well taken on that he one. He finished third. He finished, best he best got a, performing he had some, Toyota. Yeah, he had some stage points. He led four laps whether they were through pit stop exchange or not doesn't matter um but he's just been consistent so new car new team yeah i mean that's pretty cool all right uh rookie of the day gets a little tough justin haley was the highest finishing rookie well the likes of cindric and harrison burton kind of struggled what do we think gillen also struggled uh is it is it haley is it hard to say anyone but him Chris? No, I think you have to go with him for this race. Yeah, for sure. Amos, yeah, yeah. same with you. Okay, so uh, he gets his first rookie nomination, and uh, Amos, team of the week. I say, my so my pick for team of the week is track house racing. Ross Chastain was second. Daniel Suarez was fourth. Both guys in the top five. I mean, that's pretty solid. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard. We sound like broken record. You could pick Hendricks Motorsports almost every week, so um, it's kind of refreshing to see Track House putting on a good performance. Uh, Chris, well, I'm going to do what Amos said. I'm going to pick Hendrick. Okay, you know it's hard to argue <laughs> with three cars in the top ten, mm-hmm. and 
they all were performing well at the end. So, yeah. I mean, I I agree with his pick of track house. I really do. But I I think that uh, I'm going to go with Hendrick. Yeah, I'm going to too. Um, Byron wins stage one and wins the race. Uh, Elliot pretty consistent all day. Led some laps as well. Bowman sneaking in the top ten maybe a little bit with some guys wrecking towards the end. But no, I mean. I think Hendrick will continue to get our praise because they do deserve it. So, all right, uh, let's move on to Coda, shall we? Are we excited to go it. back there, guys? I mean, I yes, as long I as the weather's better, yes. Okay, but I'm excited for multiple reasons. No, I'm multiple just reasons. Yeah, I think uh, let's hope for better weather this year, this year though, huh? All right, so we have a, a good feel kind of of what it was like last year. The weather did kind of dampen it. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah hopefully the least. <laughs> he's been waiting all show to say that, hasn't he? Yeah. So hopefully, uh, yeah, the weather cooperates a little more. I am. I do have to admit, I'm excited to see a dry track, a full-on race with this one. I think it brings a lot of excitement. It's it's different, right? It's a it's an F1 track, to be completely honest. Like that's what it was. Yeah, for sure. It but was kind of made for. So. Having said that, I mm -hmm. was amazed at how well the cars raced on it last year. Yeah, even, even though that, it was rainy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. So you're expecting big things, Chris? Huh? I'm sure. You know, this car to me represents a very adept road racing car. You know, it's just it. Everything that you look at on it—the well, tires, the wheels, the independent suspension on all four corners. The low, you know, how low the car sets, its weight just, I mean, all the mechanics of it just say this car is going to be a good road racing car. Nice. So I'm glad that you have so much optimism because this is new. This is a new thing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I could we, go negative no, real quick. No, Chris, is, we just, Chris has been a supporter of this new car yes. for all season and, and leading into the season. We so just haven't, I'm not surprised that he's excited for this race. We just haven't seen it on the track yet. So I don't know if I want to get to like, oh, this is just going to be perfect. Uh, but there are good components like, uh, like Chris was just mentioning. So I hope it's good. I hope it's fun. Um, maybe it'll make the road course a little more competitive too, potentially. Or... Is road course just kind of how it is, Amos? Obviously, there's a one guy that's done well over the last three or four years, another that is coming in to challenge for the king of the road courses, I guess you could say. <laughs> but but in general, like in in the field, there are some pretty decent road course racers. So if they are able to work strategy, they definitely there's some guys that definitely have a chance to win on the track. So I don't know. I think, I think strategy, a good car, and a good driver is still going to be key for this Sunday. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like all teams have that, the three setups. So yeah, I mean um, that's that's fair enough for sure. But I am sharing a little optimism with Chris in the new car on the road courses, and the number of road courses we do have on the circuit this year should be should tell us whether the car is as equal on the road courses as it is on the different ovals. Well, look at you two, both excited. I I think this might be a first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's get the star. So we're going to make our picks, but of course let's, let's talk about a few, few quick things before. We'll make our picks for winner, pole sitter, and who runs the fastest lap during the race. So be thinking about that. Chris, we've only been here once. The weather wasn't good. 
Uh, I already made my pun, so I, I will restrain this time. Your star rating for Coda would be out of five stars. Oh, I'd give it four and a half. Four and a half. High <clears throat> even, praise, huh? Even with the rain last year, it was an interesting race mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Um, it was we could well, it really was. Yeah, they showed some of the the footage from last uh, last year, and I almost forgot how violent it seemed when Trix got hit by Custer. Oh my gosh, that was insane. We're even maybe talking about going to this race for F1, so maybe we could experience it, and your star rating could be a little more surreal. I, How about that? I don't think it's nearly as exciting a race with the F1 cars no, as it is with the NASCAR. It could be. I mean, only 20 cars. But I don't know. If you're there, it changes the whole atmosphere yeah, of could. the thing. So your star rating could go down. Okay. Um, that's high praise for the, for the star rating from Chris. Um, we got all sorts of optimism from him over there. <laughs> Amos, uh, quick expectations for the race, and then we'll make our picks. Um, so I think because of the new car and it's a road course, I think this first road course is going to come down to your normal road course racers of the last couple years. Yeah. Leading, being out front, having good strategy. I I'm not really optimistic. We'll see a lot of diversity within the top 10 of this race, mostly because last year the drivers didn't get a great feel because of the weather. Yeah. Um, obviously new car, I guess it depends on what the weather is going to be like this year, but I'm, I just think this is going to be like a, almost like a test run for the new car and the majority of drivers, if you will, for road courses. Mm. So I think our next few road courses after this one will be a little more competitive, but I think this one's going to kind of be a your your top guys, your better road racing teams and drivers are going to do well at this track. Excited once again to uh, at least have the windshield wiper on there. Hopefully we won't need to use it, yeah. <laughs> but we'll have the windshield wiper. It don't do a lot of good <laughs> Last year, the windshield wiper and the light in the back didn't do anything. I hope so. the light in the back is improved because I love the light in the back. It's like so weak. It's like, yeah. And they're like, that's certified by many racing organizations. And I'm like, that thing sucks. Uh, <laughs> Low requirements then, huh? I guess. Uh, anything you want to add, Chris? No, no, no. I- I think we pretty much wore this one out. Okay, uh, let's make our picks then. Amos, you're up first since you sit in last. Woo! Homer pick and a good pick. Chase Elliott, you don't even need to finish your sentence. Wow, okay. Going with the obvious, and it'll probably screw him over. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, look what so. happened when I picked him this last week. No, I don't he, think so. You won with him, so that's what I'm hoping oh, for. Well, yeah, okay, good. Chris, Chase Elliott's off the board. The obvious favorite, I guess you would say. Uh, who are you going to go with? <sighs> Wow, that was his optimism just left. It did. I don't know because I'll be straight up honest with you. I could see five guys winning this race going away. Well, you just got to give me four, and one of them's off just the one table. Of the four, one of them's off the table already. If you're so optimistic, just think: as long as one of those guys places higher, then you're okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. I'm probably going to regret that choice, but I'm going to go with that anyway. Why would you regret it? I don't know. Oh, well, that's just, a terrible reason. He just <laughs> might not have a good race, but I mean, it really came down to between him. Ryan Blaney is sporty on, on road courses, but his luck is so terrible. You know, Kyle Busch, very good road racer. Joey Logano, another very good road racer. Heck, Kurt Busch 
is a good road racer. Ah, the best move ever of last season yeah, was yeah, at this oh, race yeah, last absolutely. year. Absolutely. Threading the so needle. So that's mm-hmm. why I say there's so many guys that if if the weather's good and with this car, I mean it's I mean crap, you know. Chase Briscoe could win this thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. You so know? we're Chris is throwing way more than five names there, but we'll yeah. we'll take it. But well, that's the what optimism I'm come back. <laughs> it did very quickly, <laughs> and but there was also some doubt because he's not sure about his driver. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I've cracked the code this week for sure. I'm going with the guy <laughs> that's finished second three weeks in a row, and actually has been a pretty good road racer when we've seen him on the road courses. Uh, improved equipment this year potentially. And a uh, high confidence level going into this week. Ras Chastain's going to get his first win, and uh, Trackhouse is going to be in business. So I think he will break through, man. Um, I like some of the stuff he was doing at this well, track I think he'll last break year through, too. But <laughs> it might be at a huge wreck. But <laughs> well, no, I was going to say it's a win. But no, I mean that's good picks. Okay, pole sitter Amos. One of the only races that had qualifying last year, and it uh, went to Reddick. Surprisingly, this is true. And I feel like I always pick Reddick for <laughs> polls. Let's see. Um, Chris, uh, Amos has picked Tyler Reddick, Martin Truex, Elliot, Reddick, Byron. <laughs> Reddick. <laughs> Reddick a majority of the time so far. Three out of the five. So I'm going to – I my pick might surprise you guys. I feel like he's going to be a maniac on the track because he kind of was last year. And I don't know if it's going to suit him well because <laughs> – <laughs> of how this is all going to uh, play out, but I feel like he can get one solid lap in all these mania. Uh, I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. <laughs> one solid lap. Well, he <laughs> okay. was a maniac last Actually, year on this track. You know what I mean? That's, that's true. not a bad pick. No, it's not, because all he's got to do is get one lap with a good pace, and he's fair the enough. pool setter. But I don't fair think enough. he that can is put not together. a bad well, pick at all. I don't think he can put together sixty-five. That, that's his background is road racing. So that's Crazy. not a bad <laughs> pick at all. Oh, oh sorry. Anyways, uh, Chris, your pole pick. <laughs> oh crap! I mean, so I just this have is, to add. You know, this Cindric, is even worse than Kyle Larson. <laughs> you know, Cindric, um went out there on those wet weather tires and absolutely tried to just murder the car and blow it up and then towards the end he was like oh man my car's not doing very good it's like well what did you expect exactly (laughs) all right anyways make your pick chris that's why i said he's a maniac (laughs) obviously Uh, i'm gonna go with last year's pole sitter you're you're just gonna go with reddick again (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go with reddick again okay like you were saying about austin cindrick he can put together one lap pretty sure Okay, um, so I'm going to go with uh, Martin Truex Jr. It'll be a perfect story arc for him. Uh, gets wrecked hard last year. Comes back, sits on the pole for Coda in beautiful weather. And wins the race. Well, hopefully not, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Chastain is going to win. Okay, who runs the fastest single lap around the track? Amos. Uh, fastest lap of the day, I'm going to give to Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. I'm going to go with Austin Cendrick on that one. Austin. <laughs> you convinced him of I the guess, mania. I guess. All right. Um, and I'm thinking Chase Elliott. That would have been my other choice. Lots of repeat picks throughout our well, there's picks just a, here. So no one picked him to... There's just a handful to, of picks. To, no one picked Elliott to be on pole. Is that strange? No? Oh. 
Amos is like, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I, well, no, I just... I, then I it's just going to be a madman for one lap, you know? Or are they doing the stage qualifying? Uh, yeah, I assume. Breaking them up. Since it's the uh, road course. Okay, so practice qualifying on Saturday. It is at 10 Eastern and 11 Eastern for Saturday morning. Race starts at 3.30 Eastern. And the coverage will be on Fox. So get ready for 68 laps in the heart of Texas. Uh, hopefully good weather. Is anyone... It's supposed to be 89 degrees. Oh, beautiful. Sunday. They're going to be roasting maybe, actually. Partly wow. cloudy. Like, so we will be, be enjoying the weather in sunny Orlando while the race is going on. Ah, beautiful. Okay. Um, final thoughts, Chris. My final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you that are or are not inclined to watch the Xfinity Racing Series, mm. I think you should tune it in because it's been very interesting this year, and I really want to give a shout-out to Trevor Bain. Funny enough, um, that was also my final thoughts. The Xfinity Race has been quite interesting. We watched the end of it, um, and it was kind of chaotic, but it's been fun uh, so far. So it's very different than the Cup Race because there is so much more chaos, I feel like, yeah. which kind of makes it fun. Um, Amos, your final thoughts. Man, I can't tell you how f- much I'm looking forward to this weekend for multiple reasons, <laughs> okay, but good. mostly because I'm going to have some days off from work. It's going to be so good. Um, no, I, if I you were wondering, guys, I he's on vacation. Yeah, I hope it's good <laughs> racing. I think it will be. Hope my guy wins. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, it's. I'm just. I think it's going to be the sun shining. The sun's going to shine. If we were at home, the sun's going to shine <laughs> on our vacation. It's just yes. It's about time. All right, guys, we'll recap it all next Excuse me, next week. And then we're going to look forward to Richmond. Ooh, quite the different array of races we're having. That's fun. Uh, hopefully the weather stays good and we enjoy Coda this week. We'll talk about it, and uh, we'll, we'll bring you everything that happens. Hopefully it's not a boring one where we're like, eh, Atlanta. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> all right, uh, you guys have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 